0: The Holy Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. And I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, And they shall be all, they all shall be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God, He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the man in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Jesus said to the crowd, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life, Jesus says to you and to me. That I am statement is one of seven I am statements that are found in the Gospel of John. And in these statements, Jesus uses these metaphors to reveal to the listener, to reveal to you and me, that Jesus identifies himself as God. When we look into the Old Testament, there are many names that are given to God, one of which is I am. And so Jesus says... I am the bread of life. Today is the third Sunday that we are talking about bread. We've been hearing about bread for the last two weeks and now this weekend and still for a few more weeks to come. It is in this image that it is revealed to you and me the very breadth and depth of God's love for you, for me, and the entire world. In fact, Jesus says, whoever eats of this bread will live forever bread it certainly would have been an image a metaphor that the people listening to Jesus in that that day would have understood they would have understood the significance of bread the significance of nourishment the significance of what it has meant to the, to them and to their people from long ago For tens of thousands of years, bread has been a staple throughout the world. Bread is simple. There's not a whole lot of ingredients that go into making bread, and yet, bread is incredibly significant. A few weeks ago, 19 of our youth from St. Philip the Deacon. Five adult chaperones made their way to the mountains of Montana to a place called Christicon and there we spent five nights and six days backpacking in the wilderness backpacking in some of the most beautiful scenery that one can imagine backpacking in God's glorious creation and I will say that bread was a significant part of our daily diet. It was a part of our daily nourishment that we needed to get from point A to point B. We had bread like tortillas. Now let me tell you, you spend a couple days with adolescents and you discover that you can do all sorts of things with a tortilla that you hadn't imagined, specifically tortilla with peanut butter, mayonnaise, ketchup, and mustard. That one almost put me over the edge. We had bagels. Bagels were good. Bagels were good. We put peanut butter on them, and then my favorite thing is to take gorp, good old raisins and peanuts, and squish them down into the bagel, right? You can't get that at Brugger's. We had pita. Now, pita was a People, people weren't nearly as creative with the pita as they were the tortillas, but the pita nevertheless was still very good. We had French bread, which you can imagine carrying a loaf of French bread for a couple of days in your pack. It was pretty much like a pancake towards the end when we had it for one of our meals, but it sure tasted good. And we had what was called trails bread. Trails bread was this, made of water, molasses, vegetable oil, baking powder, salt, cornmeal, I'm losing my my number of fingers, white flour, and whole wheat flour. Trails bread was incredibly dense, right? It was deceptively, one small piece was deceptively filling. In fact, the counselor said to each and every one of us, take one piece. You can always have more because that particular bread was so heavy, so dense, that one and certainly two pieces would fill you up. Whoever was carrying the trails bread wanted everyone else to eat more, right? (laughs) Because then that meant their pack got lighter as the days went on. So we took our trails bread with us as we made our way to climb one of the peaks. Our high schoolers made it up Pinnacle Peak, 10,660 feet above sea level. To put that in perspective, we started at 6,500 feet. Our middle schoolers, I was the middle one of the middle school chaperones. We made our way to Columbine Peak, 10,282 feet above sea level, and there we had lunch in the saddle. We brought out the trails bread, and you could see the peak from where we were. It was within our reach. We made our way after lunch, to the summit of Columbine Peak. And when we made it there, our arms went up in the air in jubilation and excitement because it was as if though we were on top of the world. We could see for miles and miles on end. We could look to the south and see into Yellowstone National Park, which was about 50 miles away, the crow flies. It was absolutely stunning. And in that moment, we gathered some rocks and we made an altar. We found a flat piece of granite that made the perfect patent, the perfect plate that could hold some bread. I reached into my pack and I pulled out a Sierra cup, which made the ideal chalice. And one of our campers had made a cross out of, a piece of, uh, out of some twigs and a hair binder. She carried that all the way up the mountain, and there we put it on the altar along with the bread and the wine, and we worshiped together at 10,282 feet. We sang songs and said prayers, and we participated in Holy Communion. It was quite the experience. Towards the end, one of our campers said, I never knew you could have communion outside of the church. I don't know if the person intended it to be as profound as I heard it, but it began to make me think a little bit more about God's presence in our lives. That we can be high atop the mountain peak. We can be down in the darkest of valleys. We can be here at church and know that God is with us. That in the simplest ways of bread and wine, there is a powerful presence of God that comes to you and me and reaches out and claims us exactly where we are, not where we think we should be or where we would like to be, but where we are with all that comes with it. With those things that weigh heavily on our shoulders or heavily in our minds, God is there. That God is there indeed high atop the mountain, but also in the darkest of valleys. We live in a world that is constantly telling us to fill our hunger with one thing or another. It's not always bad, but we have to remember that that which we fill our hunger with on earth has a certain shelf life. That nourishment only lasts for so long, right? The trail's bread was really good, but we still had to eat the next day. But we hear from Jesus, whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And there is no other bread, there is no other nourishment that can do that. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And in him we will never hunger or thirst. So wherever you may be, come, as we heard the psalmist say, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then go out from this place. Go out from this place at church. Go out from home or from work or from school. Go out from high atop the mountain and share that love with the world around you. Share the bread of life, for it is good. Let it be so. Amen.